Bandwidth for Changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com, and we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to linode.com changelog. This episode is brought to you by Linode, our cloud server of choice. Everything we do here at Changelog is hosted on Linode servers. Pick a plan, pick a distro, and pick a location, and in seconds, deploy your virtual server. Drool-worthy hardware, SSD cloud storage, 40 gigabit network, Intel E5 processors, simple, easy control panel, nine data centers, three regions, anywhere in the world they've got you covered. Head to linode.com changelog and get $20 in hosting credit. This episode is brought to you by TopTal. TopTal is the best way to hire freelance talent to scale your team, work with top freelance software developers, designers, and finance experts from all over the world, or if you're a developer, designer, or finance expert looking to freelance with top companies like JP Morgan, Airbnb, or Pfizer, head to TopTal.com to learn more. That's T-O-P-T-A-L.com. Tell them we sent you. For a more personal introduction, email me, adam at changelaw.com. Changelog Media, you're listening to The Changelog, a podcast featuring the hackers, leaders, and innovators of open source. I'm Adam Stachowiak, Editor-in-Chief of Changelog. This episode kicks off our mini-series from the busy Expo Hall floor of OzCon. Over the next several weeks, we'll be releasing new episodes featuring conversations with speakers from OzCon that you won't want to miss. On this episode, Jared and I talk with Pam Selly about serverless. Special thanks to our friends at O'Reilly for inviting us to OzCon. It was an honor being there. So, uh, Pam Selly, welcome back to the Changelog. Yeah. Good to have you. Nice to see you all here. Uh, I think you go to lots of conferences, because we, we go to very few conferences, but everyone we go to, you're there. I think you're there. <laughs> do you, is that fair? Do you go to a lot of conferences? You know, um, I've been taking a little bit of a break Yeah. Uh, since I've been focusing on, I try to, what I've been trying to do is to go to a, a couple big ones. So I'm here this week at OzCon, and I'll be at Google I.O. And nice. I might be at Strange Loop later this year. Okay. Uh, I have the privilege of being, I'm, I was reviewing, I'm volunteered to review some proposals. And I, I can tell you, you all, you all should go. It's going to be a really good conference. Strange Loop? Mm-hmm. I've been telling this guy for years. For, yo, you all, have, have you been We ever? have not been to Strange Loop. Oh, but my goodness. Every year I say, you, we should you go to Strange to go. Loop this year. I've been twice. <laughs> I, I I love it. Yeah, it's an audio show, Adam. Adam's nodding his head in, in agreement. I'm nodding my head because at the same time I'm nodding. I'm trying to find out who runs Strange because I forget the person's oh, name. Oh, Alex? Alex. Yeah, Alex is, is kind of, the, he's a public face. There's there's many people right, on the Strange right, right, Loop right. team, but yeah, he's the public yeah. face. So we try to go, because we try to run a sustainable business, we try to go in a way that helps us, I guess, gain some revenue to get there, so to speak. Right. Okay. And so, like, with OSCON, like, there's, that's how we're here, you know. Is, yeah, which makes sense with a big, right. sponsor, like, with O'Reilly. We have family, right. we have thing, we have mortgages, so we gotta, we gotta try to, like, go places, which kind of sucks in a way, because, like, I want to go to a lot more places, and we wish we could, but we both have, you know, like, lives, I guess, schedules, so to Unlike speak. Unlike you, Pam, who has you know? no life. <laughs> <laughs> just you goes know, to conferences, got, whatever you want. You know, I mean, I just can't. We just can't go on a whim. But, but yes, strangely, we would love to be there. It's an awesome conference, and I wish we can go. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Alex, I, if you're listening to this. Yeah, if, if Alex hears that or someone who. Email us again. Uh, someone someone else from the clout. team. But yeah, I, I have. I mean, you might not be the first person that I've heard from that they can be hard to get a hold of. Uh, so they, they just have so much on their plate. And there's yeah. also that, I believe, the they have a few other conferences that co locate with them. So, Racket, uh, which is a, a Lisp, yeah. they co locate. Who? Is an Elm Conf like the yeah, day before? Elm Conf, yeah, Elm Conf. You're right, and Papers We Love, I think. Yeah. Co-located, like they they really try to do a lot to you know since they they went they go through all this work to have all this you know conference space at these smaller communities that might not, especially like That's you know these cool. edge functional yeah. conferences, you know, how. <laughs> Racket Conf. I had a friend who went to Racket Conf one year when I was there, and he said it was he had so much fun because it was such a, you know, it, Racket in terms of a list community has a, a lot of academics, um, but it's also really small in terms of who comes to Racket Conf, yeah. and but very interesting. So you're here to talk about the serverless revolution. In fact, you have a T-shirt on that says yes. the serverless join the serverless revolution. So what is that, and why would why should we why should we sign up? Yeah. Uh, so the, the serverless revolution is, I, I feel like, is the thing. If you if you already know about it, you the people who know what it is say, well, yes, this is definitely going to be the next big thing. It's serverless like serverless right now is where I think is where you wish you know three years ago that you knew everything about containers. Serverless is that thing right now. As terms of the, it's the not hotness, the, it's not the big thing. It's the next big thing. Yeah, right. it's really. Ground floor. I, I think it might be, it might because it's been so. Serverless is uh, kind of, and this is. I'll talk about this in my talk, but uh, especially since this probably comes out after it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so you you can watch the video on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Do you have the URL for us? <laughs> no, I will. Later. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, when you watch the talk, is I cover that uh, serverless really is this. First of all, we'll get it out of the way. It's a terrible name. Yes. Everyone agrees. Um, no one said it's, it was a great name. A lot of people obviously never even get past servers. the name. It's obviously, obviously there are servers, just like the cloud is not made up of water vapor. Uh, actual clouds. Uh, yeah. So like we we can got we got over it for the cloud. We can get over it with serverless. It took us a while, you know. We're, it took us a while, but now it'll people, take us a people bit. don't even yeah. <laughs> people don't even like like you say the cloud, and even you can talk to even people so in the grocery clear, store, and they know what that means. still involves servers. Yes. Okay. So. But so the thing is servers. that so serverless is the idea of, of the general category of doing software development so that you don't have to care about servers. And so there's two different sections of it. There's serverless compute, there's serverless computing, and which is functions as a service, and then there's backend as a service. So when you do things like use Firebase or using, let's say, PubNub, which is a real-time uh, PubSub service. Uh, that's backend as a service, but functions as a service is what I focus on, and what the the serverless revolution is really centered around okay. is this eight, like AWS Lambda and its friends, AWS Lambda and friends coming to <laughs> you know coming to Nickelodeon. Yeah, it does uh, sound like a cartoon. So not a great cartoon. So AWS Lambda is, and it's also you know I think this is another reason why people have such a hard time coming up wrapping their head around it is because it's. It first starts as an AWS service, right? And God knows if anyone knows what anything on AWS does until you use it. We were just talking with, uh, but yeah, Justin like, at AWS. Yeah, that they just have so many services. They have so many services that it's hard I mean, to even know what they'll do. I literally, I was watching. So they have a big conference every year, reInvent. And when I was watching the live stream in December, I had like a little cheat sheet of what the logos meant 
open <laughs> in another tab because like darn if I know what they are. Like they, they all just, have the Amazon logo in there or something like they're it, just, right? It yeah. doesn't, it, well, they just don't mean anything. And like they just throw them on slides and talk it's about. It's a shame too because they got so much so good confusing. stuff. Yeah, I think they're um, I think they're rallying around. Like they're helping. It's getting better. They're working too. on making their design better. Right. Um, but I mean, but the thing is, like, I don't really care that they're not that good at design. They make great cloud infrastructure, and that's it's good stuff. Right. So this started with AWS Lambda. Yeah. Which is like, you know, write a function but run it on their. Right. Yeah. You know, so, Executed there. Ex yeah. So instead of. So instead of running code on a physical server that you have, you know, under your desk, a fake server, you know, a virtual server on someone's public cloud, or you know, inside like a fake virtual server that is actually a container on someone's cloud, you upload your code literally as a zip file. Or there's ways you can do that to storage on one of these cloud providers, and then when an event that you've kind of a trigger, when you set up a trigger. When that comes into that cloud provider, it'll run your code. And behind the scenes, what happens is it gets you know spun up in a container, and then it right. runs that code in the container, and those containers get cycled, and like and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff will happen without you doing anything. I mean, you should know how it works uh, because you should know your what your infrastructure is doing. But ultimately, the whole point is that it's managing your infrastructure for you. And the the end game of it. So it's revolutionary in a couple ways of just in terms of the technology that makes it possible is really interesting. Like we wouldn't have functions of service without containers. That's what makes it possible. Sure. Uh, but the other, like the main things that make it really revolutionary in terms from a from a user perspective and from a, a cloud provider perspective are uh, the that it's the way it's run. So it's not a persistent service. It is run in response to events. So that's the one big thing. And the other big thing is that it's metered. That's how you bill. It's metered in 100 milliseconds. So think about just how different that is from a consistent server model. I mean, if you talk to... Hourly billing, things like that, you mean? Yeah, that billing. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's completely different than when, especially, you know, when your mom and pop cloud provider, which there are, there's plenty of, you know, not these... You know, there's sure. plenty of cloud providers that aren't this big public cloud. The, the way they get into this business is they, you know, they just sell you the same server that you would have put in your own data center, but as, you know, a virtual one in their data center. So there, it's really, there was, there is revolutionary because was, there was technology that enabled it, but over time it's kind of, when you look at the distance between those two points, it's actually not that big a difference yeah. in terms of the distance between these two points and the distance between that between virtualization and containers and running code in response to events. Yeah. I think it's a much, it feels to me as that it's a much bigger step. I would say it's definitely more of a departure. Um, I would ask, so revolutionary, uh, in terms of different, I agree. In terms of like, what does that mean? So, revolutionarily better? Or just well, that depends. So to me, that I find that topic very exciting, I, and I'm okay with being in that space. I do think it's revolutionary because you also, in the same, it, I mean, a similar is happening right now. So you know, so how containers are now in the orchestration stage of okay, great, we have containers. Now what do we do with them? Now what do you, what, <laughs> now what do we do with them? And right. we have you know our buddy Kubernetes doing stuff and running at the ship's helm, right. uh, and because you know Kubernetes means ship's captain or whatever. Um, and so I think that that's the thing that's going to end up being revolutionary in terms of how people architect 
because when you architect when you architect around that your code only runs in response to triggers and your infrastructure scales theoretically horizontally uh, just because of the Out kind of, the of service you're yeah. running right. right that's that's going to have to reflect in your architecture somehow I mean for one one very obvious thing of where do you put your state? Right. It's got to go somewhere. If where does you, it go? Yeah, where does it go? That's a good question. Oh. It depends. Oh. We, don't, um, we don't know. You can put it in a, I mean, we use a database. Like, it's not, like, it's kind of where we always put, for us, in terms of some of the service architectures we run, uh, in, at, at IOPipe, we, we use a database. We use, we use Elasticsearch. We, uh -huh. like, we, we, we store data in the things that are meant to store data. And we run code on things that run code. So let's, Take me through the process here. So yeah, an event triggers your function, your code executes on a on a AWS or other you know, provider who provides functions as a service right. infrastructure. That spins up a container. All the things that are necessary for that code to execute appropriately has to connect to a data store. Oops, sorry. And then do its thing and then maybe like put stuff back and you know if you're going to persist it it's got to maybe pull stuff out put stuff in and then spin you know spin down again well so think about that so it depends because the other thing is that and that's why i think the you know serverless is a terrible name functions as a service even though it's everything as a service it, that's sure. actually not that bad well, of a it name it makes you think about it the because, right way because yeah it makes you think about it the right way is that it's not your function's not going to do everything it's going to do this one granular thing so for example if it if it it might you might have one function that gets something from the database and another function that modifies something from the database. Those are very different things. Sure. And so you might have two separate jobs that do it. Uh, you might even instead of writing directly to the, if you have other things that have to happen, maybe you don't write directly to the database. Maybe you write to a queue, and then that queue can be a trigger for or you know something like a kinesis stream right. that can be a trigger for another lambda. And but see as I describe it, you can see I think that's that's the thing of like when you think about so you ask what's revolutionary yeah. is. Uh, you end up with, it's very easy to end up with a Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> made like of functions as a service. Right. Uh, I think that's super interesting. I mean, there's a reason why I think Rube Goldberg machines are interesting. Right. Those are, they're intellectually stimulating, but there's a better stimulating. way of doing it, right? Like there's more efficient or direct ways of getting this done in a Rube Goldberg machine. Sure, but, but at what cost as I well? And so that's, that's the other thing is that running and at what scale. When we come back from the break, we talk about the environmental impact of functions as a service and how the serverless architecture removes the need for a traditional always-on server system. We also talk about how serverless is being used in production today and where it's going in the future. Stick around. This episode of The Changelog is brought to you by our friends at Microsoft and Azure Open Dev Conference, their upcoming no-cost live virtual conference that's focused on showcasing open source technologies on Azure. Engineers are looking to bring more of the open source tools they know and love to the cloud, but often need a grounding on what to look out for and what to expect. The fastest way to learn is to see live demonstrations and get time to Q&A with experts in the field. Microsoft is providing this at no cost. It's a virtual event, which means you don't have to travel anywhere. 
Reserve your spot today. Head to azure.com slash open dev. That's A-Z-U-R-E.com slash open dev to register for this free live event from Microsoft. It is on June 21st, 2017. And now back to the show. I also think about that functions of service are really cool from an environmental standpoint of in terms of when we think about the usage of infrastructure that if I'm building a what I want to be a you know a, a standard scalable infrastructure I don't want my load to ever go over 50% maybe because I want to be able to handle a lot more traffic so that I don't fall over. Right. All that water and energy and all of it not you know it's just getting wasted and I'm paying for it. So it's bad for the environment, it's bad for my wallet. So if I use something where things are run in a scalable, uh, I want to use the word, uh, yeah, less waste. I want to use the word elastic, but then that's yeah. also been stolen by elastic AWS cat. too uh, <laughs> and for other all. projects. I, like the, I mean, elastic makes but sense because it, it, does it rubber sense. bands. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's why we it use it. Condenses. Yeah. So, once you go ahead. Stretchy services. It's a stretchy. stretchy. Stre- <laughs> Isn't there a superhero that's... Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, there you go. Now there you, now you have a mascot. He's <laughs> the leader of the serverless revolution, Stretch Armstrong. Or what, what was the... There was a... Wasn't there a Fantastic Four? Yeah, probably. I can't recall the name, but yes. Yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not that person. I'm not I'm either. Sorry. Sorry. The Incredibles, the, the yeah, mom okay. would stretch. She was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of that person than... Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know her name either, though. <laughs> me neither. Mom? I don't know. Yeah, she was mom. Mom. <laughs> the Incredibles mom. Mrs. Mrs. Incredibles. That's there right. you go. Mrs. Incredibles. Uh, take us to like a practical sense. You know, where does it stand today? We're talking not really theoretically, but um, we're, we're talking big picture about functions as a service. But like, wh- what are people using it for? Are there people taking this to production? Is it still like, like you oh, said, definitely. it's ground floor, but. No, that's like, that's I really wouldn't put it at ground floor. It's almost like in, in the bell curve, we're still on the left side and we haven't reached the top. But okay. we are definitely not at the bottom of the hill. Okay, so we're making our way up the hill. We're, ma- we're going up the hill on the bell curve. So AWS was released, AWS Lambda, not AWS, uh, AWS Lambda was released in 2014, in late 2014 for reInvent. And we're now, we're talking right now in 2017. So in computer land, it's a, long a time. lot of time has passed. Right. <laughs> Much time has passed. Uh, and there's actually quite a few people running in this the production. the olden days. Yeah. And the, and the other thing <laughs> that's kind of, ago. and I think this is one of the things that makes serverless uh, compute <laughs> hard to understand, is that it's a, a cloud offering, and there's actually lots of ways to use it. So especially when it's something so general as runs code in response to a trigger. Right. Like there's actually <laughs> lots of ways to do that. So so iRobot of your friendly Roomba, they are run on serverless. Uh, so that's that's one of the things. It's it's pretty as popular in the IoT because you you run because IoT is event driven. Yeah, that makes sense. In uh, that case, you know, for sure. sensors send signals and, and do something. Uh-huh. Responds. Uh, and then for for something for more of a web development the uh, idea, you can run an API because you can integrate with, uh, so like in Google Cloud, you can use HTTP triggers or in AWS Lambda, there's API Gateway. And so you can run an API uh, by saying, when I get a request, then run this function and send this response. Uh, there's, there's so many. There's even, I think one of my most favorite recent ones is in operations, uh, which 
this is interesting because this is, although, you know, when I think about this, this probably would have caused more problems, but when there was the, the great S3 outage and earlier this year, yeah. and did, did you all hear about what, like, I read the, the report. I, I did, but I've, I've lost it now. I feel like there was, yeah, tell me. Sure. So, so what happened was uh, someone deleted something that they shouldn't, and it caused a, because of a command line argument. Yeah, that's right. It was a command yeah, line it was typo. a command line argument, yep. so it was a human error. Uh, I, I hope that person's okay. <laughs> and, they had a very bad day. Yeah, they, they, they had a very bad day. And they deleted uh, their bash history. I didn't do hug that. Ops, <laughs> hug ops. But they... Pepcac. Uh, they... It then caused this cascading cascading failure. But... So one thing that you could do with AWS Lambda is anything that you put, or, or something like it, is anything you can put in a playbook, you could probably run with uh, functions in the service, mm. if I think about that. Because it's... That's why it actually is a good name, the functions of service, because it's just it's a function. It's a list of instructions. Do yeah. something. Uh, so I, I found, I've heard of people using it for op operations task of when I, you know, if I delete this route, then these other things should happen. And using functions of service to run that script for you yeah. in your infra. Seems really like a good fit. IoT makes sense, but also bots, because they're completely event-driven. For box? bots? Oh, like bots. Oh, bots. sort of... Yeah. yeah. Oh no, like for a, sure. That's actually one of the um, we, bots. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Like, ro like ro robots. <laughs> the internet robots. I was gonna say. Well, let's make it clear. Your bots. accent may have may have thrown it off a little bit. Accent. Bots. I have no bots. accent. Because uh, she was like bots. <laughs> it confused me. Anyways, sorry. I thought I said I it. I put that out there because I was thinking it. You no, it, because it's event driven. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, that's that's <laughs> one that's really common if you look for a serverless tutorial, which which we have wanted on awesome. GitHub at IOPipe slash workshop, I believe. And it, they use bots. It, yeah, it, you can make a Doge bot for Slack. Nice. So you give it some words and it'll make a Doge meme for you. Nice. Uh, it's, a, it's a little intro to, it's a little 40 minute do a tutorial to practice a thing workshop. I like it. Do yeah. a tutorial to practice a thing. Well, I mean, that's how you learn stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, we can talk about this as much as we want, but if you, like... That's why I say getting practical. Like, uh, how do you yeah. actually get you started? you got to actually touch it. Yeah. 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 Um, and really, especially because on all the... Pretty much, well, all the major... The three, um, the three big public clouds of uh, being AWS, Google Cloud, Azure, they all have really generous free tiers. <laughs> so the pricing for... Function of the services in uh, in the number of invocations and in compute time. Compute time being a calculation based on how much memory you said you want your function to use. So okay. it's it's really it's it's a very fancy way of saying duration. But how long it takes given it a takes. memory constraint. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. And so you get charged so many so much money per whatever for hundred milliseconds. Can you run a Slack bot for free on all those? Yeah, I would say. Nice. Uh, that because you get unless it's getting used constantly or something. Unless it's absolutely constantly, I think it would be it would be a challenge. I like maybe your Giphy instance maybe could hit the uh, yeah. hit the limit, but you get a million invocations on AWS, two million free on Google Cloud, and oh. one million on on a monthly Azure, basis, wow. and it renews monthly your free grant. Mm -hmm. That'd be a popular bot. What was the <laughs> yeah. what was the entry point for you for this? Like what? 
For me, it was it, it was point, it was actually when I when I started working for for the company I'm working for now. I, I work with IO Pipe where we're building monitoring for serverless. Gotcha. So I came from before that. I, I was doing some consulting and uh, I was working actually before and then before the consulting, I was working on a uh, a large scale API gateway for um, a major company. And that's when we talked to you last. You were working oh, okay. There, so yeah. Things move fast in the software. Yeah, engineering. I told you. Was, yeah, we talked two years ago, and yeah. yeah, everything changes. Do you have a a good aha moment story for us? Like, like when I thought when I you, when, when you I really got, got this, it, and I was you were like, like, "This oh. is really awesome." You know, I think it, it. I almost I almost started having it when before I ended up uh, working with IO Pipe when I first spoke with the founders. I I was speaking to one of the founders, and she was talking about uh, this this thing that you want was working on and was building and involved the cloud and you know this thing that I hadn't that I think I'd heard of but I hadn't done anything with and I barely understood it and that's the kind of thing where it's either you either don't understand it because it's pointless <laughs> to understand it or it's because it's you know something they probably should like sort out and it will become part of what you generally know mm. and I feel like that's what ended up happening was I kind of had an inkling even when I first heard it that this was going to be a big thing. And then when I started, and especially once we started, uh, we spent a lot of time at the company talking to teams who are using serverless in production and the kind of problems that they're using it on, the kind of production challenges they run into. But all of them ultimately had such amazing stories about the transition that mm -hmm. what they saw when they went from persistent infrastructure to uh, what is that? I heard someone say that it's not even that running functions as a service is not even a mutable infrastructure. It's untouchable infrastructure. Uh, that it runs, you like, you use it and it's gone. So it's it's untouchable infrastructure. Huh. But moving to that, uh, the difference that they saw in their cost and their the time they spent on random operations tasks, just it just was blown out of the water. Huh. That it was just a huge change for them and. That's, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why people might hear this trend and they're like, why does everyone care so much? Which is also a fair reaction to something when people are like super into something. Yeah. Um, but I, I would argue that this is a big deal. And I mean, there's a good reason why they're excited because it's, you know, they have that lived experience where they've seen that transition and seen what it looks like on the other side of it. Yeah. We're where we're at in tech because of a consistently lowered barrier to entry, and that's what this does. Is this is lowering it one more time. Yeah, one more time. I think so. I mean, because it really is, and I mean, and some of the operational challenges are, are really interesting, but for, you know, for your average run-of-the-mill developer, too, it's really great. I mean, in terms of the, the barrier between between having some code uh, to run to run a backend uh, and having it run and not paying very much money for it, it's pretty great. Yeah. The uh, the bot you did for Memberful to Slack could have easily been this. Oh, absolutely. And I actually think I probably will try it. Write a Slack bot for us because I have like one or two ideas for our Slack. Nice. Where I could write it as part of our main website and just could always be there because the website's always there. Or I could try it as a serverless little thing, and it's small enough that I could move it if I wanted to. But I think it's a good case for trying it out, yeah. and mm -hmm. seeing if that's a there's if there's a happy path there. Yeah. Cool. Well, Pam, thanks so much for uh, talking to us about the serverless revolution. By the way, longtime listeners of the show may remember Pam from a crossover episode we did back in September 11th, 2015. That's episode 173 of the Change Log. Change Log. We had the entire Turing incomplete. 
I think it was the entire. There was three of you. Diaz had four, though, didn't we you? We had four. All right, so I can't remember who didn't make it. It might have been Len. 75% <laughs> it was Len. Uh, 75% <laughs> yeah. of the Turing Incomplete cast on the 75%. changelog. <laughs> and uh, that show has since retired. But... Uh, it could come back. I hear We're probably coming back for, There are whisperings that Turing Incomplete we, may we return. See. So uh, follow... Uh, are you Pamasaur? Yeah, Pamasaur on follow Twitter. Follow Pamasaur on Twitter. And uh, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Alright, thanks for tuning in to the Change Log. We love talking with people like Pam who help make the open source community thrive. If you enjoyed this show, make sure you share it with a friend. Thanks to our sponsors, Linode, TopTal, and Microsoft with their Azure Open Dev Conference. Also, thanks to Fastly, our bandwidth partner. Head to fastly.com to learn more. We host everything we do on Linode servers. Head to linode.com slash changelog. Check them out. Support the show. The Changelog is hosted by myself, Adam Stachowiak, and Jared Santo. It's edited by Jonathan Youngblood. And the awesome music you've been hearing is produced by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. You can find more episodes like this at changelog.com or by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>